great to have you here. And uh, it, it is, what a great start to this morning already. Uh, uh, we, are, we are in a, as we kind of lead up, I guess, uh, to Christmas, we are seven days away from Christmas Eve, as I believe I count. Does that sound right? I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, Christmas Eve next uh, Sunday. And uh, so we're, we're, what I want to talk about this Christmas is the invitation to more uh, this Christmas, this morning, also throughout this Christmas, as you get ready for Christmas. Is it just me or was that amazing this morning? Uh, I hope you experience some of the more of what it's like to just praise God for who he is and what he's done. Because that is what this season is all about, uh, is recognizing that this season is not about just a baby in a manger. It is who that baby was. Eternal God stepped into this world and what he accomplished on our behalf, going to the cross, rising again. And that is why he will be praised forever and ever. And that's the, a, a bit of the more that I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the invitation to more. Because this time of year is always an invitation to more. If you're someone who doesn't normally come to church and, and this time of year you find yourself, you're here today or someone's brought you and you're just wondering what Christmas is all about, I want you to know it's about more. More for your life. More for actually what life is all about. If you're someone who, like me, has journeyed most of your life uh, celebrating the birth of Christ and who he is in your life, you know, I hope this Christmas you will see the more that God is inviting you into because there is always more. Uh, I, I don't know what also you like to, to look at. Last night we decided as a family we, we were out and about and we thought let's look for some Christmas lights. And uh, so we found a, a web page that had, you know, the best lights and, uh, in, in Perth Christmas lights to go look at. We looked up one of the first ones on there and we made our way to one. It was uh, kind of on our way home and we drove and we're making the twists and the turns looking for, I can't remember the address, 22 something street. And we're, we're driving through and we're driving through. No, it was number 30. 13, I remember that. It was 13 because I remember going, there's 15, there's 17. This must be 13, but there's no lights on 13. And so we had gone all that way and we saw nothing. And uh, I don't know if they had it last year and, and perhaps it was an old web page or, or what, uh, but we saw nothing. So then we thought, let's find another. We found another one. We went into a neighborhood and we found this house and we went to the one that had been listed there and we were like, that, oh, this, this is good. This is more like it. And then we looked just up ahead in that neighborhood and we saw more lights and we thought, let's go, let's see that one. And this was one of those neighborhoods where it felt like every time you turned, you saw the one you were looking for and you saw another one. And you know those neighborhoods? And it was great. And we just kept on weaving and winding. And we just kept seeing more and more. And so we got so lost. And we were in SOS. And there was no GPS. And I just got here this morning. And um, <laughs> we're looking for more. And we, we saw a bunch. And we did it. We just kind of kept winding. And, uh, and, and I guess my, my hope is that Christmas will be more of a more experience for you. That you don't find yourself going through Christmas and it's like somehow I missed it. I just didn't see maybe all that there was. But that instead, this Christmas, you would find yourself going, man, it's like there's more, there's more, there's more. And I, I want us to look at, last week we were looking in John chapter 1. It's a, a chapter that really gives us the, the big picture of why Jesus came, of who he was, the significance of what was happening when he came into this world in that manger. And, uh, and I wanna, we're going to come towards the end of John chapter 1, where he's now going to introduce us to uh, the, the kind of 
adult Jesus who is now coming on to the scene in his public ministry. Uh, this time of year, if we ever think that Jesus is just that baby in a manger, we've missed the more. He didn't stay there. He grew, and he grew into a man, and he taught and spoke and went to the cross and rose again. There's so much more. The end of John chapter 1 gives us this great story as he begins to call uh, disciples, followers to himself. So it says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And finding Philip, who would become one of the disciples, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. When Jesus finds this guy, Philip, from the town of Bethsaida, it's where Andrew and Simon, who became Peter, were from. It's a fishing town. Uh, Bethsaida means the house of nets, I believe it is. It's a fishing village. And Jesus finds this guy, Philip, and he says, come, follow me. Now, what I want us to pause and, I guess, reflect on as we go through the scripture is that Jesus is always offering us this invitation to follow him. That's the invitation. The invitation to follow him. Phil, could I give you an invitation? I'm parched. Could you bring me a drink of water, please? And, um, That'd be awesome. And, uh, and, and I just uh, some, actually, I've got a, is this one okay? Yeah, yeah. thanks. That's good. It's pink. <laughs> it's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter if it's pink. It tastes the same. Um, so Jesus says to him, you know, come follow me. Now, I, I want you to realize this Christmas uh, that every one of us, whether you're brand new, not sure about faith, Jesus' invitation to you, is always come follow me. And if you're someone who, like me, has celebrated Christmas for a long time, Jesus' invitation to you is come follow me. Here's the thing about following Jesus. This is why it's an invitation to more. The invitation to follow Jesus, it's like this. You know, we can sometimes think, you know, well, I found out about Jesus. I know who he is. I've heard the stories. I know how he wants me to live. He taught all these things. And we think we can kind of just go walk that out. Jesus' invitation is always, come, follow me. Have you ever been going somewhere and you're going with some friends and it's like, uh, you know, someone's like, hey, this is where we're going. Like, I don't know where it is. And, and it's like, okay, I'll just put on my GPS. But they're like, no, just follow me, you know, just follow me. I, I, sometimes I always think now, you know, it used to be in the olden days, you know, that was how you had to do things. Just follow me, you know, just kind of stay right behind me. I'll, I'll get you there. Now it's like, why do we ever do that? Why do we ever just say, yeah, I'll just follow you there? You know, when any one of us can punch it into our thing and get there. And, uh, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I still, you know, I, I like to, to follow people, but the reality is that's a lot more of a, a challenging way to get somewhere at times. Because if you've got to follow them, you've now got to navigate all of the challenges that could come between you and following that person on the way to wherever you're going. You know, there could be challenges that, you know, cars will get in front of you. It could be they're a, a selfish, thoughtless driver who doesn't remember that, you know, you're, you're trying to follow them. That was no comment towards anyone I followed recently. Um, just, just joking, you know. But there's a real difference between going, here are the directions, here's how to get there, and you stay right behind me. And if you can follow me, we'll, we'll get where we're meant to go. And I guess what I just want to remind us and refresh us on is that this is Jesus' invitation to us. 
Not here's a set of instructions on how to go about life, but it's the joy of following him. Not in a car, but right behind him, walking through our lives with him, following him, learning from him. The invitation when he says, come follow me, it was the invitation to be a disciple. To be a disciple meant to be a learner. But to be a learner wasn't someone who went to class to learn something. It was literally to be someone who's like, I'm going to learn how to do life from you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk literally in your footsteps. I'm going to try and stay so close that the dirt you're kicking up is getting onto me. I'm going to watch you in every situation, and I'm going to learn not a set of instructions or, or rules or anything like that. I'm going to learn how to live. I'm going to learn what life is all about. I'm going to learn who God is. I'm going to learn stuff you could never learn in a classroom. I'm going to learn a path that you can't find just by writing down instructions or following on a map. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Do you know this is the invitation he gives to each one of us? Let's not miss it. As we remember, he's come into this world. Let's not, let's not miss that the invitation he gives us is to come follow me. Walk so close with me everywhere I go that you, that you learn what life is all about. You learn what, how to live and who God is. You know, as the story goes on, we come back to our, our verses. Philip, he decides, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. And it says, here's one of the first things he does. It says, so Philip found Nathanael, and he told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I, I love this. He, he says, we found the one that Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote. You know what's wonderful about this? It reminds us that the birth of Christ, it is so much more. It's not just something that happened out of nowhere. This is a part of a story that God had been unfolding for generations. A plan that he'd put into place before, you know, life even began. That this Jesus, he's the one that all the scriptures speak to and, uh, and about who they wrote. And so Philip, the first thing he does, he finds Nathaniel. He finds another friend and he tells him, we found him. We found the one. And then 46, it says that, uh, that, that Philip says, or Nathaniel says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And Nathaniel asked, that, that's what Nathaniel asked, and, and Philip said, well, come and see. Come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, Jesus said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathaniel asked? Jesus answered, I saw you. Well, you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I'm going to pause here for a moment. We'll unpack some more of this in a, in a few minutes. But right now, I want you to just see this, this little moment. Philip, he has responded himself to the invitation to follow Jesus. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus. And one of the first things he does is go find one of his friends, someone he knows, and says, hey, you got you to come see this. We found the one we've been looking for. We found the Messiah. We found him. He's come. It's Jesus of Nazareth. And, and, and Philip and Nathaniel, he hears this, and he's like, really? That doesn't make sense to me? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That doesn't seem right. He's uh, someone who studied the scriptures, doesn't fit what he's imagining the Messiah will be like. This doesn't seem right. And Philip says to him these wonderful words, come and see. Come and see. Jesus calls us to hear this invitation to follow him. And those who followed him from the very beginning have always been those who were called to then extend the invitation to come and see. 
Here's the thing about the invitation to come and see. You know what I love about this is, you know, Philip could have launched into an explanation of why Nathaniel should come and follow Jesus as well. But I love that what he says to them, he gives him an invitation to come and see for himself. You know, I learned a, a new word. I don't know if anybody's learned this word. Don't worry. If there's kids around, it's a fine word. Um, <laughs> the word mansplain. Have you heard mansplain? I've not heard this before. I just heard it this week. Uh, ladies, uh, Merry Christmas on this one. Um, <laughs> to mansplain something. It's a word that's coming into, into the vernacular. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and what mansplain means, it is... A combination of the words man and explain. And it's describing the way sometimes men explain things. And to mansplain something in particular is when a man speaks quite confidently and authoritatively on a subject of which he knows little about. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> often going on and on. And not infrequently when they are speaking to a female in particular. And so this word has come about because of, uh, I guess, men's tendencies to sort of, you know, want to speak authoritatively on, on a, a number of various subjects. And so uh, it just kind of came helpful to kind of go, oh, I see you're mansplaining that. That's great. Thank you. And um, it also has another cousin that, that, that I, I heard as well. And, and this one uh, is, is sort of a variation called dadsplain. <laughs> now, have you heard dadsplain? So again, we've got our two basic words, dad and explain. And to dad-splain is to be asked a question by your child, be they adult, young, doesn't matter. And to answer that question with far more detail than would have ever been necessary. <laughs> and, and to answer it perhaps as well by diverging off onto a various set of tangents and including information completely irrelevant to the question that was asked, as well as various advice on life in general. <laughs> Example of uh, dad explaining might be, you know, hey dad, where could I find the spare tire? And the dad to launch into an authoritative discussion on exactly how to change a tire, all the best things, the most important things, perhaps something along the lines of the origins of the tire itself. Uh, and no doubt, you know, going through the various makes and models of all cars and which might be the best for uh, changing a tire. So that's the dad's point. Now, the reason I, I say all this, I, I think sometimes uh, when we think about, say, as followers of Christ, we've heard the invitation to follow, and we're wanting to follow. And it's like then we get into a conversation or something gets raised or we think, how will I uh, speak to someone about this Jesus I have found in the life that I'm beginning to live? We have a tendency to want to mansplain our way through it. We have a tendency to sometimes want to, hey, here's everything you need to know. Hey, here's the answer to every question that you've got. Let me just quickly tell you why everything you think is wrong and everything I think is right. Let me just, we can sometimes feel like, well, this is what we should do. We better make sure we better. You know what I love about what Philip did? Nathaniel's like, this doesn't seem right. That can't be. He's not from Nazareth. And Philip says, you know what? Come and see. Just come and see. I, I don't have to 
argue you into this, Nathaniel. I don't have to try and answer every question you've got. I'm just telling you, you got to come and see. I want you to just encounter him. Do you know, I believe one of the best things we can do as those who follow Jesus is to realize, you know what? We are called to extend the invitation to come and see. You know, for Philip, Jesus was literally physically present right there. He was the body, you know, he was, the, he was embodied. He was Jesus. He was incarnate. He was like, come and see him. Do you know, today we are the body of Christ. And one of the, the best things I think we can do is often invite people into spaces. There is just a unique way. God is omnipresent and Jesus is present with each one of us throughout our weeks. But there is a unique way he becomes present when his body gathers. And I just believe one of the best things we can do is not to try and argue people to, or, or just feel like we got to explain their every question. But sometimes it's just to say, you know what, just come and see. Come and experience. Do you know one of the things I love about Christmas time? is one of the best times of the year, possibly the best time of year, to invite people into spaces where they could just come and see for themselves who Jesus is through his body. You know, I, I, I love just being able to have at Christmas time, it's just like, it's so easy to invite people into various, into all kinds of different spaces. You know, last week, I think it was, maybe it was the week before, I invited my car mechanic. I was getting the car serviced. You know, when you see your mechanic, and I've been going there for a couple of years, so we've, you know, been building a relationship primarily centered around the engine of my car, and um, as well as the brake pads. You know, it's kind of broad. And, um, but we've gotten to know each other, and you know what I love? It's like, you know what? Most weeks in the kind of five-minute interaction that you have between when they, you know, tell you here's your bill and then you, you know, scream at them, you just, you know, just kidding. It's actually an awesome mechanic, and, and, um, and so they're always so good. And, but in that five minutes you have of sort of random conversation, you know, it, it was so simple to actually invite him uh, into a space. I, got, I just invite, I, we were just talking, you know, it's Christmas, oh, you guys closing, oh, you can have some time off, that's great, it's, uh, there's so much going on this time of year, yep, I hope you're looking forward to that, you deserve it, man, you guys work so hard, and, and I said to him, you know, hey, if you're, you know, looking for something in the Christmas holidays, our church does this thing, the Heathridge Carols, and uh, I don't know if you're, oh, really, where's that, let me tell you about it, no, it's great, this is what it's like, you can come down, and, you know, and, and he flips open his calendar, and he writes it down, because he's so, like, this would be great, that'd be great, I could bring my kids, bring the family. This will be good. Now, the reason I tell you that is just that, like most times of the year, to try and invite him to something, it's just, it's hard. It just, you kind of conversation doesn't happen that fast. And, and all the things. But this time of year, and I just tell you, it's to say, we as followers of Christ, we have an invitation to more this time of year to say this time of year is not just, hey, I get to go to Carol's. This time of year is, hey, I get to bring people into different spaces. This time of year, I can invite people to our Christmas Eve services. You know, I can, it's easy. It's ready. It's waiting. And if we prayerfully and intentionally strike up conversations, we have an opportunity to invite people to come and see. Now, I've only had one person punch me so far. I'm just kidding. No one has. Like, if, you're, if you're afraid you're going to offend somebody and they punch you or slap you, it just doesn't happen. But one of the mores we have is to say, come and see.
You know what is amazing as well, if you don't know, our Heathridge carols got uh, postponed. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas today, uh, Christmas in, you know, England. And, uh, and, and so we actually were, we were able, this is pretty remarkable, to, to postpone our, our carols from all the way to, to next Saturday night. That is a pretty unique thing, I can tell you. It really is kind of God's hand. We book these things a year in advance because to try and get the amount of people and things in place to do one of these takes like a year of planning. And we just had it kick over one week with no hiccups. For that reason, you'll see almost every other carols event that was taking place tonight has been just canceled. We're one of only a couple that was able to even postpone. I'm not even sure where the other one is. The city's canceled. Uh, Freemales get, they're all canceled. In fact, on Channel 9 last night, they mentioned how the weather is impacting all the carols. Most have had to cancel, but they said, but the Heathridge carols have been able to postpone until next week. I just say all that to say is going to be busy. <laughs> and, and so, wow. <laughs> So let's get out of here and start getting ready. And um, <laughs> I say all that to say, you know, and we had to wrestle with the same choice as everyone else did. But what I can tell you is God's hand is on this. I mean, it's just, I could tell you all that it's just remarkable. All these spaces, they are places that I believe and know and confident God is wanting to draw people to himself. Can I encourage you? Be praying, be intentional. Who can you invite? Who, what, they can start a conversation that can go all year long. There is so much opportunity. Christmas Eve is next weekend. Can I encourage you? In fact, on your chairs, you'll see today, there's a little card that says friends and family. And on there, I want to encourage you to, to reflect on, you know what? Who are some of the people I could invite to our Christmas Eve services in particular? And what will happen is if you write their names on this, and there's a box in the back of the auditorium, and you can drop this in there today. Our prayer teams are going to pray all this week for those people. Going to pray for those invitations. Going to pray for their experience when they come on Christmas Eve. Going to pray that God will be revealing himself to them. It's not our job to argue and explain people in. We're to be people who say, come and see. Come and see. And let's pray, and let's see how God moves in their lives. Can I encourage you to be thinking, who can you invite? Who can you be praying for that you can see God do something? This time of year is about so much more. It's about God revealing himself. Because watch what happens. Let's come back to the story here. Let's go back to the story. As here's what happens is he brings Nathaniel, and, and he's told him, you know, look, I, I, I saw you under the fig tree. And, uh, and Nathaniel says, he declared this. He says, Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. But you'll see greater things than that. And he then added, very truly I tell you, in this point he turns and he addresses everyone. He's saying, very truly I tell you all, not just you, Nathan, I'm telling everybody. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now what's going on in this incredible story? You know, Philip has brought his friend, Nathaniel. He's brought him to Jesus. Nathaniel has started this, if you remember, from a place of Nazareth. This doesn't seem right. He started from a place of skepticism. He's starting from a place of, I'm not so sure about all this. But, hey, I'll come with you, Philip. Now he meets Jesus, and Jesus says to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false, nothing, uh, you know, deceitful. And what Jesus was saying, when, when he comes, when Nathaniel comes to him, Jesus says, 
I see what's on the inside of you, Nathaniel. And he says for everyone to hear, this is somebody in whom there's nothing false. He's not saying he's perfect. What he's really saying is he's a person of sincerity, integrity, and humility. He's a person who is honestly and sincerely seeking after God. And he says, and Nathaniel's like, whoa, whoa, how do you even know this? And Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Now we're like, so what was going on under the fig tree? What was happening? To be honest, we're not given a lot of insider detail. But what it seems to paint this picture of is in all likelihood, here was this guy, Nathaniel, who was honestly and sincerely seeking after God, who was perhaps praying under that fig tree, perhaps, you know, communing with God, connecting with God. And somehow Jesus is completely and fully aware of this, and, and they both kind of know exactly what was taking place under the fig tree. And Nathaniel's like, whoa, you really, you really are God. And Jesus, I love what he says. He says, look, you, you, you think that was good? You believe? Because I, I told you I, I saw you under the fig tree. And he basically says, just, you ain't seen nothing yet. You'll see greater things than that. That, that's, that is just the beginning. And, and the whole of John's gospel will show all these incredible miracles and signs and wonders that, that Jesus does. And Nathaniel will see so much. And Jesus alludes to this picture of heaven opening, the angels of God ascending and descending. It's a picture from the Old Testament of Jacob, who was named Israel, and how he had this vision. And, and that ladder, it was really representing kind of heaven and earth coming together and the connection between the two. And Jesus is beginning to say to him, you got to understand, Nathaniel, in me, this is heaven and earth coming together. And, and you're going to see so much more than you could have imagined. This is the invitation to more. It's the invitation to realize that no matter what we've seen of Jesus, there is always more. Nathaniel's like, whoa, I wasn't sure. Whoa, I've come and seen. Oh, this is, oh my goodness, this is Jesus. This, you are the son of man. And Jesus is like, I know that was amazing. There is so much more. And can I encourage you with this, this Christmas, when, especially if you're someone who's followed him for a long time, one of the greatest challenges for us, I'm in that kind of boat, one of the greatest challenges is to realize no matter what we've seen, no matter what we've experienced, there is always more. And this Christmas, wouldn't it be wonderful to just, and it's challenging, but wouldn't it just be wonderful to be able to, to somehow say, Lord, of everything that could happen this Christmas, would you help me to see more of you? Would you help me to grasp in fresh ways the greatness of who you are and what you've done? Would you open my eyes to see the greater things that you have in store? Would you enlarge my heart and its capacity to, to grasp and carry your presence? Because there is more. No matter what we've seen, there is always more because this is infinite, eternal God who spoke the universe into being, stepped into our world, and inviting you and I to come follow him. I want to pray for us this morning into this season. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me as we, as we just ask him to show us more, to fill us with more? Maybe as we ask him, Lord, who are the people who you are at work in their life and you would like me to extend that invitation? Not because I'm going to have to explain it, but so that I can bring them to encounter you. 
Let's pray. Great God of this universe, oh, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for stepping into this world, for, for bringing heaven to earth. And Jesus, you've offered it to us. Lord, I pray that uh, at this time of year we would not miss what you have for us. We wouldn't go looking in the wrong places, but we would, we would see you for who you are. And we would respond to that invitation to follow you, to walk with you, to journey with you. Lord, would you lead us? Lord, would you give each one of us fresh revelation of who you are? Lord, I pray for us as a church this Christmas that our vision of who you are would be enlarged. Can't do it on our own, but Spirit, would you enlarge our vision, enlarge our capacity to see you, enlarge our hearts with worship and awe at who you are, with desire to just to follow, to surrender to you and to walk with you. Would you open our eyes to see you, to be able to walk so closely, right behind, wherever you lead us. Lord, I pray you'd help us to see faces and names and people around us that you would have us extend that invitation to as well, to come and see. And I pray that in each of those spaces, we pray for the Heathridge Carols and that, Lord, as we lift you up in song, that it will be a place where you are, are, are just able to work in the hearts and lives of people to reveal something, to help them see something they'd never seen before that's only just the beginning of what you have for them. We pray for Christmas Eve, and we pray that, Lord, as we gather to just worship you and honor you for all you've done, that, Lord, it would be a, a place where you are adored, and we pray that it would be a place where, where many would come, and you would be able to just draw them into the bigger picture for life that you have for each one of us and what it's all about and who you are. It's our great God. So, Lord, we pray that you would be honored and lifted up in this place because of who you are, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray today. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Amen.